0: Welcome to Episode 7 of Cyclops Is Waiting For Me, an X-Men The Animated Series Weekly Recap Podcast. I'm JC, and I forgot to come up with a unique introduction for myself for this episode.
1: (laughs) And I'm Rod, and you can still check out my music on Spotify. Old reliable. Yeah. (laughs) Cyclops Is Waiting For Me is our weekly podcast series where we're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men The Animated Series in their original intended script order. It's gonna be really important for this one building up to the release of x-men 97 coming to disney plus in 2023
0: solid foreshadowing some quick <laughs> reminders we are a recap show about a series that came out 30 years ago this episode literally is like 29 years old right now there will be spoilers if you don't want it spoiled for you pause the podcast watch it you know it's on the disney plus the people who don't sponsor us and come back and and then listen to it or if it does spoil it don't tell us because we warned you. But what we will do is do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes that we haven't covered yet unless it is essential to the topic.
1: Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM Pod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast services. There's a lot of them now. John is still adding more that I didn't even know existed.
0: If I haven't gotten it by the end of episode five, we're not getting new ones by episode seven. Let's be realistic, Rob.
1: (laughs) And finally, we record these episodes in batches right now. So for reacting to any news about the upcoming series, we might be a few weeks behind or in this case, since there's no new news right now, maybe a couple months behind. But we'll, we'll do our best. Best and just be patient we
0: will we will do our best can't wait till the actual new show gets released and then we have to do these weekly oh well that'll be that'll be good problems to have as well yeah, that that will mean we've been doing these for a full year and yeah. we've determined it's worth continuing to still do <laughs> now on to the show. Today, we are going to be talking about episode eight, The Unstoppable Juggernaut. It originally aired on March 6th of 1993 and sits at a 7.8 rating on IMDb. What is important to notice is if you've you've been listening in, in our, this current batch, we're adding the air date of the episode, and this one was a few weeks after the previous one, but mm-hmm. there wasn't a multi-week break going on during the show. This one actually aired... Out of intended script And they continue to put it that way on various
1: services.
0: (laughs) Yes. uh, So when we were prepping for this, I referenced both the book by Eric Leewald, which is called Previously on X-Men, Making of the Animated Series, and I used the Wikipedia for secondary reference, and I put on Disney+, and all of a sudden, The Cure. Yeah. Not the band. The <laughs> Cure episode starts playing. But because of the way I take notes on this, I knew Juggernaut was next. And then I knew Rod was not going to do the same level of prep. <laughs> so I immediately sent him a text while he was in a movie screening yeah. while, where he told me his phone would be off because I didn't want him to somehow watch the wrong episodes and then not be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm a good
1: partner. I super appreciate it. Because I probably would have only noticed after the fact. You know, probably what would, would, would have happened, I would have gotten to the Juggernaut episode. I was like, oh, this should have happened in the episode back. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so let's take notes. Yep. It, it's just, it's wild because I, I don't think this is the only time this happens.
0: No, it definitely it definitely happens throughout the series. Mm-hmm. Just because first season definitely had production issues. I think we alluded to it in, in our previous recording session. The team at Marvel actually gave some of their licensing feedback to fix animation and stuff like that within the first season. The team at Saban did not, (laughs) no comments on that. But yeah, there were were definitely production issues within the first season of, of the series. And this one being completed out of order in terms of timing, Definitely speaks to that, unfortunately. And
1: what a, it's not that any episode it would have been like great to have out of order, as we've talked about before, but this one especially literally just picks up from the moment, actually overlapping moments, yeah. from the previous script episode and not the one that aired. So right. It's just weird that th- those got those got swapped.
0: And then the other part of it, which we don't need to go into the story beats of, of The Cure, but in that episode, you see they are rebuilding the mansion. Mm-hmm. So... If we were watching in week to week on the original airing, you would have seen the mansion destroyed. You don't know why it's destroyed, and then they're rebuilding it without really acknowledging why it got destroyed.
1: I would love. I don't have an actual memory of the the gap of there. Yeah. Yes. That's actually very true. Yep. That goes for the episodes I just watched last night that we're going to talk about. <laughs> There's a reason we have notes, people. <laughs> but as a kid, I don't remember a big memory of the lapse. But if there was one, I'm curious to like what we thought you know we're like so they're just gonna leave it a mystery of what happened to the mansion and we're just we're just here now but it it, it's, it was exciting to see juggernaut in the title because you know if you're a fan you know like some of the implications that brings
0: yep juggernaut was one of the villains in the original arcade game yeah so he he was not just in zeitgeist from a comic book perspective, but he was also one of those characters that had started making it into the additional media too. Mm. So we pick up and it's still the fairly calm approach where they're in the, the jet on their way back, and they're, they're making a few, you know, jokes back and forth. And then they realize that they can't get Xavier on the line. And then we get the reveal again, as we mentioned in our previous episode, the original airing of episode seven ended with, with the mansion not destroyed. Mm-hmm. Here it is it is destroyed. That's probably what they used to swap over yeah. in the fixed versions of, of the previous episode. They make the comment of people don't even know we live here. I just want to touch on that for one quick second, because mm-hmm. you got to remember in the comics at the time, Time, the X Men had been established for years, and I'm not even mm-hmm. talking about real world years. I'm talking about in continuity years. Yeah. By the time you would get like Jubilee and stuff like that, so this is still like the world has only known about the team's existence for like a week or two. Yeah, yeah. Very and short again, time. without a social media world, without CNN doing 24 hour news and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of material for it, so how would people have even placed it where these people were from? And and that's the point. People don't even know that they're actually here as a team. Yeah, it wasn't Google Maps. <laughs> there was not Google Maps. That That is very, very accurate. I feel
1: so old having to make disqualifiers. <laughs> yeah.
0: So they start digging up through the wreckage trying to find Charles. Uh, group stays up top. Storm is there. Storm starts moving the wreckage with wind, and I don't yeah. know. That personally doesn't seem like the safest method for me yeah, right. of how to do it, but I I can't control the wind. She has stronger control than I do. Like, so. what's,
1: what's your tool? I'm going to move these bricks with a tornado. Well, I guess that'll work technically. Yeah. Also a, a fun note too. I think this may have been the first time in a non-ending battle scene that the X-Men theme song plays like early on in the episode. Yep. So it's, it's cool to hear, but also it's like, I guess, is it supposed to represent teamwork?
0: Like, it was, <laughs> <that they're- laughs> w- for, Forgive me if I'm <laughs> wrong, but wasn't it also like a little bit of a somber version of it? Like it, or was it? it was, was at
1: least like it sounded to me like a different version so yeah, like it, it had less it, it instruments was not, or something it was not
0: just taking the original theme song yeah. and playing it it definitely was either a re-recording or a tempo change yeah. or something was different right
1: i have to ask ron for confirmation yeah,
0: or yeah. if yeah. he even remembers he's he done 100 episodes he's gonna be like i don't know what you're <laughs> yeah. talking about dude stop
1: <laughs> i have I'm, i have texted him about those things and he has said exactly that before <laughs>
0: It's like that episode of The Simpsons where the the nerds start asking the voice actor for Itchy and Scratchy, like things about a specific episode and a continuity error. Yeah. And the response is, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jean goes on to mention that she can't sense Xavier, which either means he's gone, meaning not presently there unconscious which i don't know i kind of call bullshit i think gene could probably sense an unconscious person nearby but that's just me yeah or dot 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 yeah
1: yep which was a funny way to phrase it because i interpreted he's gone as like oh he's
0: right gone to me <laughs> was, was like oh that's where they're saying he's dead yeah. it's like oh no that's the location based gone yeah i
1: was like but- wait so what's what's your radius then
0: yeah <laughs> so cyclops goes down through the hangar and then it calls everybody to the war room he says there's no damage in the hangar but they get a message from Xavier via Cerebro. He basically mentions that he went on a little trip and what the result... Oh, a journey. That's what my word is. My notes look like shit, by the way. (laughs) One day I'll take pictures of these things and you're going to wonder how I could read anything. In prep for this episode, I was trying to figure out what that word was. It looks like it says gaming. So I don't know what I thought I was writing at that point. But... Xavier took a journey, basically saying the results can change lives forever. And it, it sounds optimistic. Would you get, was that your yeah. vibe on it
1: as well? Yeah, it, it was It was like the, we we found another key to like our mission or whatever, or like our, our whole like purpose for being here. And also like a little aside, I know you brought this up before about when Sabretooth escaped the war room. It's like, why is this on the level, like the ground level on the side of the building? Now it's not,
0: apparently. Yeah.
1: Yep. We just saw the whole thing destroyed and they're like, go to the war room. It was like, this is completely intact. Is this in the basement now? This is the other It's closer
0: room. to the hangar room, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, they decided the war room being on the main floor with a wall attaching directly to the outside, probably not the most secure war room.
1: That that was Professor Xavier's reveal. I was like, I've decided to move the war room to somewhere less susceptible. I did it
0: telepathically.
1: uh well, yeah so we finally find out that Professor xavier is probably all right yeah and that he's traveled away somewhere
0: yeah the assumption given is that he is probably okay so they keep searching through the rubble and in the rubble wolverine finds these massive footprints the only finds two of them okay whatever yeah. <laughs> you know suspension of disbelief let's go with it i believe there's like a bigfoot style joke or something along yeah, those lines because
1: there was it was like a piece of metal or something that had yeah of it's like a piece of
0: they lift up something and it's like two giant footprints next to each yeah. other yeah i do still appreciate storm is the one who keeps changing in terms of clothing (laughs) (laughs) she's very
1: fashionable
0: yeah wolverine has to because he's in bright yellow and Mm -hmm. the the you know the cowl with the points like it makes sense that wolverine would change Storm likes to throw on tank tops, and they decide to to give Chase and a car. They make it to a downtown area.
1: Yeah, going after Wolverine.
0: Yeah, Jubilee basically is like, Wolverine and I can take on anything.
1: Have we seen anything like that before this, or this is establishing that she has a real admiration of Wolverine?
0: This is the strongest version okay. of it, and that admiration very much echoes the relationship that Wolverine and Kitty Pride had mm-hmm. when Kitty became the young member of the X-Men okay. around the time of like Days of Future Past publishing and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, So Jubilee like, has this almost childlike motivation that she wants to get Wolverine first. I think she specifically says that she's like, I'm
0: going to find him first. Yeah, they all split up and, and Jubilee like wants to be the one to find Wolverine.
1: I think there's new information. It's funny, though, because I don't know if we get told later why. I honestly don't remember. But it is an inter- interesting little thing to point out for for the, the show to point out.
0: Yeah, I don't know when it actually happens within the comics, but I do know that in in one of the more recent runs, like within the last like five, six years, mm-hmm. you start to see there is a more developed relationship between Wolverine and Jubilee and in, in kind of like that mentor mentee kind of way so like i said i wasn't reading x-men on the regular so that may have already been established or this maybe inspired it but it is something that would eventually start to take place in the comics Well, it's kind of that
1: trope right of like the survivor hero guy kind of takes like a child under his wing yep not that we've seen that in star wars and every other sci-fi property (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, you
1: know. But then a Jubilee comes across a commotion at a construction site.
0: Right. And there's the there's a group of hard hats who are all like huddled up and grumbly and they're they're yelling at a foreman. They use the phrase super ruski. Even back then there were there were challenges with Russia and the perception of yeah. Russia and stuff like that. So Jubilee goes to investigate the building that I think they had even mentioned at that point that they suspected he was a mutant or yeah. something, or they called him mutie or something like yeah, that. Some and, in universe slur. Yeah. Jubilee goes towards the building. The building starts to collapse. Wolverine in gear. (laughs) I'm just pointing that out because there's issues with Wolverine being in and out of gear, seemingly at random in this episode. We don't need to focus too much on it, but (laughs) that definitely was a thing that happened. Wolverine dives and saves her, and we see this large metal man. He not only changes back from having metallic skin but they actually showed him shrinking in that one scene yeah it was it was a choice to to do that with him shrinking because that isn't necessarily an aspect of the character of him changing size yeah he's just a big dude to begin with yeah and then later he doesn't seemingly change size so
1: it was Mm -hmm. It was it was an animation choice. I guess they wanted to differentiate between the the big mutant metal guy that took down the whole building by himself, which yeah. is the reason all those construction workers were upset. Yeah,
0: of day's and work. the the construction workers who were there basically start calling him a, a mutant scab. Jubilee is like ready to run in and fight, and Wolverine actually holds her back from from doing as like wants to see how it plays out because it, she's still assuming that he's the one that took down the mansion. Correct. At this yeah. Point. Yeah. Yeah. Wolverine wants to see what this guy does and obviously under the assumption that if stuff starts to go wrong he could jump in and save the construction workers i'm sure a latent part of it is just that these are people that are obviously have a phobia of mutants so wolverine also isn't necessarily jumping at the chance to save them either
1: yeah he's like let's let karma play out here yeah that's how i took it because immediately after that wolverine just goes in and attacks colossus Let's see. How, let's give him a chance, except for now.
0: Right. They, I mean, they're literally calling the foreman a mutant lover, which is one of their like favorite slurs within the show that they can get away with. Then one of the the workers grabs a pickup or not a pickup truck, just like a, a large construction truck, drives it into Colossus. Knocking down the building was one thing, but seeing him perfectly still, yeah, just really spoke to how <laughs> how strong a character he was and heavy yeah like because even beyond the strength
1: just does the gravity doesn't
0: like, <laughs> doesn't move doesn't flinch doesn't get pushed back like he's just that dense yeah
1: and we see him act this is a contradictory term, but actively being passive like yes. he, he's he's trying to de-escalate things but it's just his immense strength or like durability i guess more so is like coming across as volatile to these people
0: yep it's like what he, no, he didn't i drove a truck into him what happened <laughs> and that's where we get you know jubilee decides to to jump in wolverine mid-fight realizes as he's being held upside down by colossus that it's a different person Yeah, the look on wolverine's face is the same look i get from my cat
1: when she realizes what i'm holding is not food
0: kind of similar to the face that i just made <laughs> right now as you you gave that comparison rod um, that's true anybody that has a pet you know like
1: your your dog or cat is like super interested in something like Oh, this wasn't what I thought it was.
0: Yeah. But yeah, Wolverine realizes it and they they start to, you know, part ways. The thing that stands out to me is it feels like a very naive Colossus. Like, I don't know how that person made it from Russia to America by themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. And suffered what they implied happened to him when he was in Russia. I mean like just politically and stuff, right?
0: Even 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 forget all of that yeah. <laughs> stuff. The dude just seems like a doofus. Like he's very dumbed down.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's very like Paddington the
0: Bear almost. Yeah. Like, it's like, what is this? Yeah, so he he goes off. Jubilee asks Wolverine why he says he doesn't smell like the the person who I smelled back at the mansion, and he also didn't waste the construction workers. So Wolverine is convinced that is not who who attacked and destroyed the mansion.
1: Yeah, and they let Colossus get away. Yep. Or walk away.
0: Walk away. Immediately after that, they get word of a bank robbery in progress from Rogue and Storm. Interestingly enough, by the time they get to the bank, Colossus is already being arrested. (laughs) Super speed is his power now. So I'm just going to play this out. Robbery happens at bank. Rogue and Storm are there. Colossus immediately went at a faster speed than Wolverine and Jubilee (laughs) to the bank, tried to stop the robber, but Storm and Rogue didn't, apparently. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Or didn't even see who it was. Yeah. But then Colossus is getting arrested because he didn't want to, like, like the cops and stuff like yeah, that Yeah,
1: because the math doesn't work out because if, nope. if if it was before rogan storm got there to be able to do something yeah it meant that colossus literally teleported because he walked off frame and then the phone call came on
0: i mean i guess <laughs> i guess the explanation would be the robbery is happening colossus is going to the bank to deposit the check he just got oh <laughs> goes, i didn't think about that goes there quicker than then Wolverine and Jubilee in their car happens to just walk in mid-robbery and tries to stop the guy. My
1: headcanon wants to imagine that that bank is next door to the construction site. So Storm and Rogue call them and then w- Wolverine and Jubilee look up and see them. <laughs> nope, nope, that,
0: that is not how this plays out. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Uh, Rogue sees Colossus getting arrested. Super horny for yeah, him. Yeah, I had the exact
1: same note. Exactly you the same ro- words. You wrote super horny? I said, Rogue is horny. <laughs> it's like literally just the one line item. Colossus gets mistaken in the robbery. Rogue is horny. Yep. I think the music cue even changes. It plays something sultry, and she's like, hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she basically says she's going to she's going to go talk to him. <laughs> is that is that the words we use now? <laughs> I, I mean, that's what my notes say. But like I said, my notes are just a jumbled mess. Anyway, Wolverine stays at the bank. Rogue decides to go to the police station who has already processed Colossus. Yeah, everybody's working really efficiently that day. Yeah, they were working really efficiently.
1: And Jubilee gets her wish. She gets to stay with Wolverine, right? To go through the rubble.
0: Yes. so Wolverine recognizes the scent at the vault, being the the one from from the mansion. Not really much else happening with with those two. Rogue decides to flirt with a cop. Again, Rogue is (laughs) horny. And when she does it, she drains him and knocks him out. And there's some joke about cold hands out cold. And it just made me groan because that was very much just... Just bad puns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't have one for this episode yet. No, no, I'm, I'm glad you don't. <laughs> but I believe the officer was asking why she was wearing her gloves, and she said cold hands, and it was like, well, you know what they say about cold hands? Yeah. Out cold, and I just groaned. <laughs>
1: yeah. They made some sort of like negative comment about Colossus being Slavic or something.
0: Yeah, there, there's lots of post-Cold War era negativity towards the fact yeah. that he's Russian. Yeah, no doubt.
1: And I don't know if it's because... You know, we were watching these close together in batches for the show, but I see the, I see the jail holding cells and stuff. I'm like, are we getting Beast?
0: And then we got Beast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They say something and Beast chimes in and they say, well, we're making a jail break. You want to come with us? Beast says he's going to be patiently waiting his day in court because mm-hmm. he wants to prove his innocence. It's a very... Very consistent with the character so far. He's had the opportunity to be broken out by Magneto, chooses Mm -hmm. not to. Now has the opportunity to be broken out by his teammates. And Colossus, at first, does not want to go. And it's Beast who very quickly convinces him, no, you can trust my friends, they'll take care of you. So what do
1: you think the thinking was behind that? Because I was, besides just plot convenience, I was wondering, like, why did Beast think that his case would be symbolic in proving his innocence but where I feel like Colossus's case was like a lot more like cut and dry. Unless maybe it's because two mutants were involved or something. I think. Or who they thought were mutants.
0: Are you asking from the Beast perspective or the Colossus' perspective?
1: Or just in the universe in general. Like, Because Beast was there and he not only did not object to Colossus being broken out. But encouraged him to leave.
0: Right. Well, I think to an extent it's easier to put yourself up on the chopping block. Which Beast knows he's doing that. As mm-hmm. confident as he may be that he is in the right. Let's be real. Beast actually broke into a government facility. But he's also an incredibly sophisticated individual. He's Mm. like, you know, really articulate. And he is willing to be that face on camera of mutant rights. Yeah. Colossus is somewhat naive. And if you put that dude on the stand with a like really aggressive prosecutor he'll probably fuck up somehow
1: that's a good point so beast had actually introduced colossus to storm and rogue so apparently they had been talking already so maybe beast did catch wind he's like maybe not the sharpest tool in the shed for a legal case
0: right (laughs) And, and unfortunately that is very much the vibe that this cartoon version of colossus gives off yeah that he isn't the sharpest tool in the shed on this scenario so they they do a jailbreak there's a good scene where they they bust down the wall uh, reverse
1: kool-aid man again <laughs> yep
0: reverse kool-aid man the wall they block it with some ice
1: and I was gonna say, storm does an ice wall which is if you watch whiskey and waffles no
0: we're not talking about the ice wall
1: <laughs> i don't even know what the reference is no I just, no ice wall. every time i bring i hear that term in this group of friends they're like what no nope, no nope, ice <laughs> walls don't exist you'll have to watch whiskey and waffles uh, live streams to find out
0: <laughs> well thankfully i can segue to the fact that there is a second bank being robbed and that's where we get the reveal of the juggernaut. Wolverine recognizes the juggernaut. I also thought it was culturally appropriate. The cache was yellow. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: I didn't notice that.
0: I don't know if maybe over where the animation studio was, if uh-huh. that is what their money is from a default perspective, but it was yeah. yellow cash.
1: Or it's another weird standards of practice thing. Yeah, that you can't show actual <laughs> money being
0: stolen or something like that. It makes a pretty
1: quick getaway. He just takes the money bags, like cartoon style, like yeah, with the dollar signs on them. Yeah, he's
0: walking out. And my favorite part is he's he's walking out and the cops have a fucking tank. <laughs> Literally, it says that. They have a tank. Mm-hmm. And is ready to go he's ready to go Uh, he flips the tank like it's nothing wolverine starts to tail him he actually cuts through the bag jubilee grabs the money off the ground drops a bunch to the bank tellers who are just like in shock still and she's like the rest of the money is on the street yeah no time to explain yeah so yeah, but, that happens and
1: i love that i'm assuming it's because juggernaut is supposed to be so strong that he doesn't notice but that the complete weight of his bags is emptied and he just keeps walking.
0: I mean, where we say that Colossus <laughs> is dumbed down, Juggernaut has definitely had that reputation with just being, you know, a, a wrecking truck. You know, he's he's not going through and thinking everything you know, all the way through. So Wolverine and Juggernaut have the start of their fight. And, and Juggernaut basically says, well, I went to the mansion to look for Charles, couldn't find him. So I decided to start robbing banks to get his attention.
1: Yeah, it makes sense then... He didn't notice the money being gone or because he probably did or something. It was just like if, not a problem. Even if he
0: didn't, if you th- if you think the best way when you knock on somebody's door and destroy their home to get their attention is then to rob banks, <laughs> I'm pretty sure destroying their home and leaving your giant ass footprints yeah. is gonna get their attention.
1: It's enough. You'll know who it is.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Jubilee falls off the top of a building.
1: It's just it's just a thing that happens. Yeah,
0: she just People literally fall. just Falls off the top of the building because Juggernaut like punches the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, is this vibrated so hard? <laughs> yep. We start to see a fight happen between Juggernaut and Colossus, and they're throwing cars, they're throwing buses at each other, they throw the tank at each other. And where is Storm to say we can't
1: endanger human life?
0: Well, Storm <laughs> then shows up and decides to drop a fucking building on juggernaut literally it's like at least a three-floor building that she picks up pretty intact i'll, I'll let that fly yeah. and drops it on the dude and then basically the team says yeah we don't know anything that can kill him one the x-men are actively trying to kill him yeah. if that's the case
1: yeah you can you i'd love for them like, to like pan to the panda's side and gambit just standing there with his hands on his waist like hey human life right nope
0: nope <laughs> nope nope Storm dropped a building (laughs) on him. Cyclops then eludes, because now that all the the X-Men have gathered that they need to work together. And he basically like looks Wolverine in the eye, like total shade moment of like, we need to work together. (laughs) It's like talking to like a five-year-old. They come up with their quick plan of Wolverine goes and tries to attack him, disconnects the helmet, Rogue pulls it off. And then she grabs his head to absorb the power. Didn't Jubilee pull off the helmet? She did not pull off that. No, Jubilee distracted him with her step. She definitely didn't. How strong do you think Charlie really
1: is? <laughs> well, I know, I know that, I don't know. I know that they got the bolts off. It's, I am not going to w- argue
0: Wolverine that. slashed to get the bolts yeah. off.
1: Rogue pulled it off and okay. then grabbed his head. That was an intense moment.
0: Yeah. And then once she has absorbed his memories and the, you know, parts of his personality, she starts screaming, you know, they love my brother. They not mean. Mm-hmm. And like goes into this really crazy high pitched scream and stuff, which is not Pleasant at all and then gene with the cerebro helmet on basically goes into juggernaut's mind and all of a sudden he just starts walking away yeah can't remember who he is why he's there what he was doing and they explain that you know she used hypnotic suggestion and they don't know when it's gonna
1: wear off is it two things about that a, I think that sometime in that whole altercation, Juggernaut reveals that he's not a mutant, he's magical.
0: You're right. I did, I did miss this. That was before they dropped the building on him. Okay.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> before he got Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's magical, not a mutant. And that kind of sets up why Rogue's reaction was so different than we had seen earlier. And then, second, what is this thing about just letting people go away? Like, literally two minutes ago you're trying to murder this man and they're like let's just make him forget things and walk away and we'll deal with it another day
0: yeah i don't know why they <laughs> wouldn't have at least tried to arrest him or something Something, like yeah but apparently all of the army is just fucked off and doesn't care anymore yeah. at this point or
1: dead so, under the buildings or in dead, the building
0: that got dropped <laughs> they were in the building that got dropped <laughs> yeah uh so they head back to the mansion. They invite Colossus to stay. Colossus is helping them rebuild the remnants of the mansion. And he he respectfully declines. And he says that he's going to go off and find his sister. We get that seed of the, the little continuing plot. Which, without going into spoiler territory, I don't think they ever reexamine in the show. So I didn't remember, but I didn't want to say anything. No. <laughs> so maybe. <laughs> Again. The two of us haven't watched these episodes in a decade, so yeah. we're re-watching them with fresh-ish eyes. I don't remember Ileana ever being a part of the show. Yeah. And I think it was just a plot line that they they dropped the the seed to and just never went back for.
1: Yeah, and at, le- at the, I guess at the very least, I gave him a reason to be there that was like a little bit more noble than, you know, either what the X-Men or Magneto's team was doing.
0: Yeah, the kind of the wrap-up line of the episode is finally a place that feels like home Uh, i believe that comes from from jubilee
1: yeah which is fitting because you know rewinding back to the first episode established she's been bouncing around foster homes yep and then she didn't it's interesting so like it's she didn't feel at home at the original x mansion and now that they're rebuilding it it's like a man i'm getting super corny like boomerish yeah but like they're rebuilding the home like figuratively and literally i love that you call (laughs)
0: yourself a boomer despite the fact that you are not actually a
1: boomer i just i I just feel the parallel (laughs) keep going keep going back in my day phones had cords anyway yeah no it's a a great great way we see the the mansion being rebuilt and that and now it makes sense that the episode that aired before this (laughs) they're rebuilding the mansion
0: yep some interesting notes about the episode one colossus's actual name is never said oh good point yeah they never call him peter yeah yeah so you know in 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 Every version of it, you know, his name is Peter Rasputin and that his name is never actually said. He's only ever referred to as Colossus. Something I thought really stood out to me is Eric Leewald in, in his book actually says that he thinks this is the weakest of any episode in the first two seasons of the show. you give reasoning for that? Yeah, actually, perfect. The show fell into a lot of traps that he thinks were 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 not the correct decisions and he actually in the book takes responsibility for those decisions he doesn't put it on the specific writer of the episode he he takes ownership of it one of those is they did two major character introductions in a single episode which is something that they didn't want to do originally it's more about action and spectacle rather than character and he felt like there was also a lot of forced humor in it And then all of a sudden, everybody knows the weakness. And it's just kind of like a very villain of the week model. And looking back on it, I can totally see how if you were on the creative side in how they talked about constructing the show and things like that. But like villain of the week can work. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Batman, the animated series, that show was literally villain of the week. And spawned
1: some of our favorite characters to this day.
0: Yeah, but that was something that they they didn't want to do. They didn't want to do, you know, what was essentially becoming like the Buffy CW model years later. See,
1: I I assume that the line where Wolverine acknowledged that he knew who Juggernaut was, was kind of the seed of like, that's why they knew his weakness.
0: Right. It also then makes it a strange choice that if somebody is strong enough to level the X-Mansion, They see the size of the footprints, knowing they're not as big as a sentinel, but bigger than a normal person, then nobody suspected it was him. That's right. I did have a note that if Wolverine knew
1: him, then why didn't he recognize his scent? Also, I don't have super smell, so I don't know if that's like a legit thing, but it just Wolverine seems kind of like you know, almost canine-like in that sense of like just recognizing people's scents and stuff.
0: I think you you probably have some sort of argument of somebody like Sabretooth, he's going to always recognize Sabretooth's sense. Mm-hmm. If it's somebody that he has exposure to but isn't around a ton or didn't spend tons of time with outside of combat, maybe it's not familiar a familiar enough scent. Because he probably just smells like sweat and <laughs>
1: Magic crystals.
0: Sweat magic crystals and oil. I don't know. (laughs) Not like baby oil, like motor oil. Yeah. He's like WD forty, that that outfit kind of thing. Yeah. So that's that one. I the scent part is like, okay, I can let that one go. But if you know who he is, you also don't have a ton of enemies at this point because
1: nobody knows where you are
0: nobody knows where you are you know about Magneto you know about Sabretooth you know about the Sentinels aside from like Rob Liefeld drawings where everybody has ginormous crazy (laughs) feet he probably doesn't think it's Cable yet because he hasn't even met Cable so yeah I don't know I could see where it's considered one of the weaker episodes interestingly enough like you you look at it on IMDb And it falls into that 7.8 territory, which is kind of the average for this show. Yeah. So unless all of a sudden we start seeing like dips into the sixes and lower in the later seasons, the audience at least considers this a fairly average episode. Yeah.
1: I remember as a kid and even just watching it, you know, the other day, seeing Juggernaut being introduced is like super exciting because, you know, you know that guy and he's, he's cool and. The thing that Eric said about being so much action and spectacle, I like that. You know, it's one of the reasons to tune into an X Men show. So I get what he's saying about the character stuff, though. Could have been, yeah, could have been streamlined, but also show for ten year olds.
0: Aside from Rogue being horny <laughs> and Jubilee's like spark of a fascination of impressing Wolverine. There wasn't really a ton of character there. Yeah,
1: so. yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, they did have something, though, where I think it was when Rogue finally came down from absorbing Juggernaut and she falls from the sky before, I think, Colossus catches her. Storm actually does a little wind thing it cushion her blow so that we don't literally see a woman crash down on metal arms.
0: <laughs> but of any of the ones who could do it and not be hurt, it's her.
1: Right, <laughs> i just love that like what like, she's,
0: she's the one that got smacked by a sentinel and left a body print yeah. in the ground
1: it's just amazing like what three or four episodes ago storm had to like fall on wolverine's animanium arms yeah and yep. this one are like oh rogue the basically invincible one like let's make it let's make it easy for no, her in like,
0: enter magneto storm got caught by wolverine and her body should have just been broken okay <laughs> rogue the invincible one who also just absorbed juggernauts power oh
1: yeah i didn't think about that if
0: anything she's probably too heavy for colossus at that point yeah. i don't
1: I, I don't know that'd be great like well you should, you should corridor digital if you're watching you should do an edit where like colossus gets stamped
0: into the ground by rook let's be real corridor is not love
1: <laughs> love the, love the yeah. crew
0: they're not listening. <laughs> well. That's all I got for my notes in this one. Anything out of your stuff?
1: No, everything on my notes is the Rogue is horny and Jubilee wants to impress Wolverine for oh. some
0: reason. Well, at least somebody's horny in this universe. <laughs> I'm sorry, but if you if like... Especially in the 90s, where they were putting out like the X Men swimsuit special as a comic and stuff like that. Characters were banging.
1: Yeah. Well, it, isn't
0: just, it isn't just Scott being a really boring boyfriend to Gene. Other people are hooking up. So yeah. good on Rogue.
1: Well, yeah, you're, you're hanging out with exclusively people wearing spandex. Yeah. And they're
0: all, <laughs> aside from Beast, they're all. I mean, I mean, Beast is just basically a bear at this point, but they're yeah. all pretty fit and in amazing shape, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. And Beast is in the least amount of clothing.
0: That's true. <laughs> Beast, Beast is just in, in skivvies the entire yeah. time. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on this very weird. And we said horny a lot in this episode. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them in the comments for either the YouTube upload or the official Instagram post about this episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox. There's just one in our RSS. There's just an RSS feed in our link tree. If you want to do that, I don't care. Use whatever. Have a good day that's that's how you're gonna end <laughs> I don't with the creepiest have a good day i've ever heard in my freaking life rod
1: should we end with a uh, be my friend
0: no have a, <laughs> have a good day